is located at 1021 South Center Street. And we are so glad that you can join with us today. And so, um, praise the Lord. And uh, we're, we're going to continue on in the series I've been preaching this summer, Why the Holy Spirit Came. We are now on part four, Why the Holy Spirit Came. And we're going to be in Luke 24 and Acts chapter 1. And the thing we're going to see here, Hal, is the subtitle to my message today is Commanded to Wait. Commanded to Wait. This is one of the hardest things that can be asked of us to wait. And it's especially hard for those who are young. You know, those who are in their 30s and 20s. It's hard to have to wait. Uh, uh, you know, you, you're, you've been waiting on something for a while, and it's like, why can't we hurry up and get this thing done, right? Um, yesterday we were doing yard work, and um, we're a little slow, Lorraine and I are today. Um, not too bad, I got a good night's sleep, so I feel a lot better than she does. And... Um, we did a lot of yard work. We had a cutout. I took three loads out to um, where you get rid of the tree limbs and uh, brush. And so it's not, when you own property, it's a never-ending um, process because you don't have a landlord to take care of it. You are the landlord. And so we did all that. And we were getting down to the last of the stuff we needed to cut down. And Lorraine looked at me, she says, ah, oh, let's just quit for the day and let's finish it up. And so I said, why don't you go get us some waters? And she went back in and uh, she comes out with the waters and she sees me cutting and cutting and cutting. She says, where do you get all that energy from? Well, it wasn't really energy. It was just my German stubbornness. <laughs> and and, and uh, um, I, it just had to get done. You know, it was just this little corner here. I've already taken a, two loads out there. Let's finish it up and chomp, 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 chomp. And then as uh, Bodie and Lorraine were loading up the back of my vehicle with tree limbs, and um, I got the lawnmower off because around the swimming pool it was driving me nuts, um, some sections, a section behind the swimming pool that Andrew didn't get to because he didn't know what to do. So I got the lawnmower out and I, I got that all cleaned up over there and I cleaned up the front side of the pool and, and uh, so I got that done and now it was time to take the last load out there. So I jump in the vehicle, turn on the air conditioning, full blast. You know how it was yesterday. And, and, and I drive, why wait if I can get it done, right? Because now it's done, I don't have to think about it now, I can go on to other things, right? So I take out the load, I come back, and no, put, put the lawnmower away for me. So I start mowing. I figured, I figured she wanted me to finish mowing the backyard, so I mowed the backyard. Sat down for a minute, drank another bottle of water, and I thought, oh, the only thing that's left is the front. Oh, my word. When I got done, because of the humidity yesterday, yeah. I was shivering. Yeah. Too much heat. Yeah. Even though I kept on hydrating too much heat, but I was glad it was 
when I pushed that last row, <laughs> I, I almost didn't make it. And, and pushed that last row, I was done. I, I, my, my property is so big, I should really have a riding lawnmower for it. However, you can't use a riding lawnmower on my property, so you have to push it. And I used to have a self-propelled lawnmower. Well, that's not good enough exercise for me. So I now have a non-propelling lawnmower that I'm the propeller. And so we got it all done, and it looks nice on the pro The only thing, if I had more energies, I would have hit the, the flower beds out front and been done with it all. But I just was done when I got that last row done. And came in. Bodhi put the lawnmower away from me. And I said to Lorraine, I says, well, if you had put it away, I wouldn't have done that. <laughs> so went in, got a good night's sleep, and here we are. But there's sometimes you've got to wait. Sometimes you've got to wait. You, get, you know, when we were in the old building, and it's a good thing we did this because we have our building here because we added on land. We went ahead, we had a, there was a vacant lot behind our church, and the man all of a sudden decided he was going to sell it. Well, we were landlocked over there, so I uh, took my time and I didn't push it because I wanted the best deal we could get. So we took our time and we waited on that thing. And I waited on that thing. Usually I like to get things over with, really. When we moved in here, I wanted to get the painting done, so we painted, didn't we? And so um, I waited long enough to get the price down. And we were able to afford to buy that lot. Awesome. Then the next lot came along, the house burnt. Well, she wanted too much money for a burnt house. You know, because she wasn't spending her insurance on knocking it down like she, she got her insurance check, but she didn't knock the house down and take care of it. Well, I wasn't paying what she wanted, so somebody else bought it. Waiting on the Lord. What happened? All of a sudden, the man decided, I don't want to live in Wapenton. I want to go back to Devil's Lake. And he sold it to us for cheap, for what I would have paid for it in the first place. So now we have two of it, and we got a bunch of guys together, and we tore down the house ourselves. And then um, Genevieve's um, nephew, uh, no, nephew came over and took out the foundation and he found us to fill because now you have to what the folks who bought our property don't realize is the middle piece of property still has a house foundation and the whole house that was knocked down it's under the ground but the other one we had to take the foundation out and so because after the last flood here they didn't want swimming pools all over town so we uh but now we have not just one, two, but we have five parcels of property. You, do, you folks probably don't realize that along 2nd Street, those were three parcels of property. The parsonage sat on two parcels and the church sat on one. So we actually had three addresses there that we could have picked from. And so uh, we went with 215. And uh, because we had all that, all of a sudden, the Lord said, sent us a buyer, and our property went from $50,000, and we were able to sell it for $130,000. Now think about that. that was, and see, it wasn't because I was so smart. I waited on the Lord. 
See, I put it in God's hands and waited on him. That's, all, that's a hard thing to do, especially when somebody wants to get something done. And I waited on the Lord, and the Lord went ahead and did us a miracle, gave us that property for $130,000, and we were able to move here, pay off our old mortgage, and do all the remodeling we needed to do. The only thing we need to do now is pave parking lot and build our platform, but, you know, do I really need to be raised up? I want to be raised up when it's time, but do I need... <laughs> I can't wait for the rapture. This old world's getting more sinful and more sinful every day, and I can't wait for the rapture. Would it be cool that nobody here would have to die now? None of us. We could all rapture. None of us would have to experience. And, and don't tell me that you don't believe in the rapture. If you believe in the resurrection of the saints, you believe in the rapture. That's all it is. It's another word for resurrection. We're all going to rise one day. But waiting can be hard. And I say this about young people. It's hard. I remember when the Lord called me into the ministry, but I had several years to wait. I had to finish up high school. Then I went to Bible college. That was not easy waiting on the I want to get going now. I want to change the whole world right now. Let me do it. Let me go. But I had to go through those years of waiting. Paul had to do you know, Paul, we don't think about this. Paul went ahead, and, and he gets saved on the road to Damascus. He starts preaching in Damascus. The Jews want to kill him, so they sneak him out of town. He gets back to Jerusalem, and he stirs up the whole everybody over there and, and, and because people aren't really trusting him because he used to persecute them. And then he meets with the apostles, and they say, hey, he's one of us. And so he starts, and then all of a sudden the apostles say, Paul, we need you to do something. What's that? We need you to go home to Tarsus in Turkey. Go home and wait. Wait a second. God called me to preach. No, go home and we'll call on you when we think we're ready for you. And the Bible says after he left and went home to Tarsus, peace came to the church. You know how long he was up there? Now he was out with Jesus for three years out in the backside of the desert, being trained by Jesus. So there's three years. He gets sent back home 15 years before he actually started his ministry. So that's 18 years he had to wait. Now, I don't think Paul was being lazy. Uh, I bet Paul, he went back, started working for his dad as a tent maker, got into the business, and I bet while he was making tents, he was telling people about Jesus. However, it wasn't until Barnabas came. Barnabas comes over and says, Paul, I've been made the pastor of the um, Antioch Syrian Church of God. I want you to come over there and help me out with the church. And finally, after 18 years, see, sometimes we have to wait because God knows. God knows what we need. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you and we praise you for this day that you've made. And Lord, we might be in a waiting period, but Lord, we're, or we might be in our doing period, but Lord, help us to be faithful to you in whatever period we find ourselves. Help us to serve you with a full heart. And thank you, Lord, that you um, 
have us on a trajectory for our church to come to have revival and to see our church grow because we are concerned about getting souls saved, that we are concerned that people come to know you, Jesus. And so we love you and we praise you and we glorify you. And we thank you, Father, that you sent us the Holy Spirit to fill us so that we have the power to go out and witness and that you give us gifting so that we can get the job you have called us to do done. Because everybody here has been called in some way or another by you, Father. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, we're going to see from Jesus, we're going to get a final explanation before he leaves um, about the Holy Spirit and why he needed to come. And so verse um, 44 says, Then he said to them, Jesus said to them, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Jesus makes a profound statement here. He says, these are my words that I have spoken to you while I was with you. Now, if we would all remember this fact about Jesus, if we would remember that he is the word that put on flesh, then the Bible becomes more alive for us. But so many people just think it's a book about philosophy, or just a book about good teachings, or just a book about some history, or just a whatever. There's, the, there's people on Facebook that go to WDAY to make their profound a proclamation about the Bible and Christians and say that it's just a book of fairy tales. Oh, they drive me up the wall. Because when they go on WDAY's Facebook page, they start attacking Christians. And all I do to shut them up, I says, oh, I can't believe that you are a Christian bigot. As soon as I call, call out the racism, they shut up. And they always attack some little old lady. <laughs> always. You can just imagine her. She's got a pretty cat that she has or a little dog at home. And she loves Jesus. And she just made a statement or asked a question um, because she read the article at WDAY. And now she, she's lonely. And so she just makes a statement. And these guys come out and they attack her. And they're so mean. And so then I just go ahead and point out the racism. It makes her feel better, and it, may, it shuts them up. Sometimes we don't have to attack people, folks. All we have to do is point out the truth. Why are you being a racist? We don't like racists in this country, do we? We don't like it when it's done to a person of a different color, and we shouldn't like it when it's done to, to a Christian. And, and I don't care if they're attacking a Catholic. They shouldn't be doing, using racism to attack someone. Now, if you can actually um, have a well-thought-out argument, hey, I'll talk with... I, I have one guy back uh, a couple of years ago, back in the uh, 2020, he uh, 
put on an argument, really sound argument. And so, young guy, 19, 20 years old, and you know what? I was able to have, because he did that, he and I were able to have a conversation. Then I found out he was really, really hurt. And I was able to say, I am so sorry those people hurt you. And when I did that, we actually came to a meeting in my, did I get the guy saved? No, not at that point. But it gave us a place of common ground where he felt better. And I could go ahead, and I could respect him because he was so articulate in his thinking. You know, I don't mind people who disagree with me. But use a little, uh, um, you know, at least make an argument of why you disagree with me. Don't just call me a name or belittle. We don't need to do that. And I learned from Dora um, a while back on some of that stuff, just keeps growing. You know, I am so tired of uh, turning on the news on WDAY. And we, I thought we were over it because it's been several days that we didn't get an abortion story. And, you know, they're all one-sided. And I just wanted to ask WDAY, why, do you, why are you promoting genocide? Really? <clears throat> why would you, uh, if, if we were back in 1938, would you be siding with the Nazis? And I know they wouldn't. But genocide. God can't wink at that. And so we should praise the Lord that the Supreme Court did what they did. Now it goes back to the state, and each state's going to decide for itself. But WDAY acts like there's no bridge between Fargo and Moorhead. Nobody can just roll across the bridge and go to Moorhead. Um, excuse me, because we know that Minnesota, unless something radically happens in this election, is not going to change policies. And in the Constitution says, last time I went to go to Iowa, I had to show my passport. <laughs> no, I didn't. I can go anywhere in the United States. I don't have to take out my passport. The only thing is I've got to fly to Alaska. I've got to have my, my enhanced driver's license. You can't drive, you can't fly with your old driver's license anymore. You have to have the enhanced one. Um, by the way, for those who live in Minnesota, don't let it scare you. In my, you know how, what makes your driver's license enhanced? It's stamped on there enhanced. <laughs> but there is a computer chip in your driver's license. And it has all your information so that if you get stuck in another country, they can actually see that you actually belong here. Okay, that's one of the things. The other thing is... Um, Minnesota, in that chip, can track you wherever. So if you get stuck in Turkey, they can find out exactly where you are in Turkey. That's the argument. But there's a, and you know what? Alvin would agree with me. He and I aren't going to do anything stupid to get ourselves in trouble. So I don't worry about it. Really, I, we're, we're not. It's just if Alvin goes to Yellowstone 
and um, Marion can't find where he wandered off to. <laughs> they can find him. And he's just sitting down at the lake with a fishing pole going, boy, is this nice and peaceful. <laughs> and she's thinking, why didn't he let me come with? I would have enjoyed the peace and quiet too. I don't know if I'm going to get through this today. <laughs> when Jesus says the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms, he's talking about the whole Old Testament. Okay? And all of the word, he says, must be fulfilled. And Jesus says that he has fulfilled the entire law. Amen? When he died on the cross, Verse 45. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. This happens, listen folks, this happens as soon as you are saved. Because Jesus is now in your heart. And the scriptures become alive in your life. I don't know if you ever read the Bible before you got saved. It was pretty dry, but then you read the Bible after you got saved, and it came alive. And remember, folks, get out your Bible and read it every day. If you have a hard time seeing, get out your phone. Get out your tablet. You can even put a program on your phone now that will read what you're reading. It will read it to you out loud. People who have a hard time seeing don't have to worry about it anymore. Verse 46. And he said to them, Thus it is written that the, that the Christ should suffer on the third day and rise from the dead. And that repentance for the for the forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations beginning from Jerusalem. You are my witnesses of these things. Jesus says it was necessary because there's no other way of salvation. And let me make a really strong statement here. If there was another way for salvation, or many ways of salvation, then why did Christ have to suffer and die on the cross? If there's many ways, according to Pope Francis, and his new religion of Chrislam, if there's many ways to get to heaven then why did Jesus have to suffer? If I could just be a good Muslim, I get to go to heaven. Well, Muslims' heaven is not ours. If I could be a good Hindu and get to heaven, no, there's no heaven with them. I mean, you become one with God eventually after all these reincarnations, but my word... <clears throat> If I could just be a good Buddhist, good Jehovah Witness, 
There's other ways to heaven. Why did Jesus have to suffer and die? No, Jesus says it was necessary. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes unto the Father except by me. Now, rank and file Catholics, they all accept that. I'm not attacking the Catholics when I said Pope Francis. This goes back to several popes behind, before. But this pope has gotten together with the Mormons and started Chrislam. In fact, they now have Islamic prayers in the Catholic Church. And Islam wants to destroy Christianity. I, it doesn't make sense to me. But did you notice that Jesus makes this personal to you and me? Did you notice that in this verse? In, in, in verse 48... He makes this really personal, Carol. He says, you are witnesses of these things. So when we made our list of ten on Wednesday, that was so cool. I, I love that. I, I said, let's make, make a list of ten people. Um, uh, you know, they could be a, a person or a family. Make your list of ten people and we're going to pray for those folks, and we're going to hold each other accountable, and then we're going to celebrate our, our, um, <clears throat> our efforts. But what's really cool when I said, took it out of this idea of 10 people we need to invite to church. No, I said 10 people who need Jesus, or 10 families who need Jesus. All of a sudden, everybody's face lit up with smiles on their faces, and you started writing like mad. Can you imagine? We get 10 families who need Jesus to come to know Jesus, 10 people who need Jesus, who don't know him, who really need him, and the change that would come to their lives. And I like timing. I can't remember all their names. Yep, I can, I can see that with timing. Not because she's got a bad memory, because she, she's so outgoing. Just ask Jeremy. She's so outgoing that she talks to everybody that she runs into. And so she was putting down Bowling Grandpa. Can't remember his name. Jeremy goes, his name is... Then she goes, oh, the lady at Walmart. <clears throat> she just Because she knows them by where they're at. Hey, how you doing? But I loved how you just started writing... Verse 49 says, And behold, I am sending the promise of my Father upon you, but stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. Jesus keeps saying this over and over again. He must really want you to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And I want you to notice how he puts this picture. It's like being clothed. It's like putting on Special clothing. If the Lord gave you a present of a beautiful new shirt, would you turn it down? Wouldn't you want to wear it? That's what the Holy Spirit is. We are to be clothed with power from on high. 
This is just pure doctrine of the Holy Spirit. The gifts of the Holy Spirit, the, the, the baptism in the Holy Spirit didn't cease. If you use the verses that other churches use to say that ceased when John the Apostle died, when the Bible was finally canonized, then knowledge and wisdom would be gone too. Well, that's, if you follow their argument from 1 Corinthians and you read what they use, then knowledge and wisdom would have ceased as well. And boy, aren't we glad we have knowledge and wisdom. My word. How many people do we know that have no common sense? <clears throat> Quiet, Karen. <laughs> Let's go over to Acts chapter 1. I've got to get moving here. Acts chapter 1. You notice I've been using a different translation here. I, I started using this translation because I got this for Father's Day, and I figured I'm going to finish up with this series with this translation because I'm actually checking it out. How is it? I did the same thing with the MEV, and, uh, um, and so I've been kind of liking it because it may... It, um, and then I go over and I, I check it out toward... Uh, against the King James, and so, so far it's been holding up pretty good. Um, Acts chapter 1, verse 4 and 5. Now this is the promise from the Father Jesus is talking about. And while staying with them, Jesus staying with the apostles, and the 120 with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You heard from me, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Jesus says it again and again because he's trying to get our attention. <clears throat> Hello? McFly? He's trying to get it because he knows our attention span isn't that long. Sometimes, some people have the attention span of a flea. Or that dog that you know. Hey, look, squirrel. Jesus makes a distinction between water baptism and the baptism in the Holy Spirit, and both are important. Are you hearing that? Somebody said to somebody, now that you're saved, the next step you need to do is become a member of the church. No, actually, now that you're saved, the next step you need to do is get water baptized and filled with the Holy Ghost. Come on. I know in the Baptist church, you, can't, you, you become a member of the church as soon as you're water baptized. You get saved in the morning, you get baptized at night, and now you're a member of the church. And they actually vote on you right there before you go get baptized. Well, aren't you, once you got saved, aren't you a member of the church? 
And if you get water baptized according to the Baptist, then you have fulfilled what you need to do for membership. I just like having a membership class and having you stand up front to become a member because it means even more. But being a member of this church is not going to get you into heaven. Having Jesus in your heart gets you into heaven. And then we get water baptized because it's an added means of grace. But you know what it means? It also is? You're telling the whole... It's another way to witness. Why? Because it's always public. The way we baptize, we don't sprinkle you. We actually do biblical baptism. And baptism means to immerse. So I get out a washboard. <laughs> no, that's not my job. It's the Holy Spirit that, that uses the blood of Jesus to cleanse us. So that's already happened when we got saved, right? But, but the pastor just goes ahead and he dunks you into the water, brings you back up. And, and we use the formula Jesus said to use because Jesus said so. I'll do what Jesus says be, before Peter because Jesus is the head of the church. So I'll baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And I always add, buried in baptism, raised to walk in the newness of life. And the whole picture of it is you're taking that old you, that sinner you, that you no longer are because he's made you into a new creature. And we're, we're showing the whole world, I'm bearing that old guy because I'm no longer him. You can't hold my stuff against me no more. Jesus forgave me of it all. And we bury you, we, and now, now it's buried, now you're being resurrected as you're coming out of the water, and you're ready to live for Jesus. That's a whole picture of water baptism. Water baptism doesn't save is accepting Jesus into our heart. But water baptism shows the whole world, hey, I'm now a Christian. Paul couldn't wait to get water baptized to show everybody in Damascus, I'm no longer that persecutor. I'm a Christian, and I identify with Jesus. If you want to know more about water baptism, go to Romans chapter 6, and Paul lays it all out there. And so, uh, I'm so glad he makes it simple. The three distinctions of the water baptism. The baptism of the Holy Spirit happens at salvation. where The Holy Spirit takes you and baptizes you in the blood of Jesus and washes you clean. And then your name is written in the book of life. Water baptism is an outward witness where the pastor takes you and baptizes you in the water. Baptism in the Holy Spirit is our gifting to fulfill our calling, and Jesus is the one who does the baptizing. He takes you because he asked the Father to fill you, and he baptizes you in the Holy Spirit. Isn't that cool? Well, like I said, the disciples were, the apostles were a little distracted because all of a sudden they started talking about times and seasons. Before I get back over there, um, <clears throat> we need the baptism in the Holy Spirit for our gifting to fulfill our calling. Some of you didn't know that you have, that God wanted to use, your calling was to do works. Yeah. The gift of works. So he fills you with the Holy Spirit so you can get done. 
You didn't know that God was calling you to be a giver. So he fills you with the Holy Spirit, so you have the gift of giving. You start seeing, I'm using some general things. You know, that, that, that person who has the gift of work, they, they love to clean the church. The treasurer of the church loves those people who have the gift of giving. And Paul says we all should pray for the more excellent gifts. Then God calls some of us into the fivefold ministry gifts. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastor, teacher. Those are the fivefold. But we're all called to do something for the Lord. But the biggest reason he gives us the Holy Spirit is so that we can witness for him. But like I said, they were distracted, so they started talking about times and seasons. So <clears throat> when they had come together, they're still at the same. They asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? Are you going to do it? Is this the time? Right? It says so right here, right? Is this the time you're going to do it? They were doing what human beings do so well. They are trying to change the subject. <laughs> Timey gets it. Now there's nothing wrong with their question. We ourselves are studying about the last days on Wednesday night, but the study should be motivating us to finish the Great Commission. But before Jesus comes again, just like us, they had a job to accomplish. Then Jesus said to them, It is not for you to know times or seasons that the Father has fixed in his own authority. <clears throat> so folks, beware of those who set dates. <laughs> I remember a few years ago, we even discussed it in church, there was that guy who was taking out full pay spread ads in the newspaper that Jesus was coming on such and such a date, and we all just rolled our eyes and went, oh my word, doesn't he know what the Bible says? And he was wrong. So he changed the date again, tried again, <clears throat> and people were selling everything they had, and Anyway, we can discern the seasons because Paul says we should be not caught unaware as some do. We are not children of the night. We're not going to be caught like the thief, <clears throat> the thief coming. Remember, he comes as a thief in the night, but for the Christian, he's not a thief in the night because we're expecting him to come. We just don't know the day or the hour, but we're expecting him. Remember when you were a kid? Your favorite auntie is coming to visit. Remember that? When you were little and you get all excited. Oh, auntie and uncle are coming for a visit and they're bringing the cousins. Remember those days? And you're all excited. It's like, it's taking them. They're coming on Saturday, but it's taking them forever. Why aren't they here already at 6 in the morning when I woke up to watch cartoons? And you look out the window and you look at your mom, aren't they ever going to get here yet? But see, that's Christians. We, we anticipate the Lord coming any time. That's why love, the Lord loves little children. But Jesus is coming in all 
due time. We can discern the seasons, but only God the Father knows when Jesus will return. And I really do believe that we are the generation that is witnessing the birth pains. So we need to be busy sharing our story with others before it's too late. In other words, we need to be busy occupying until Jesus comes. Amen? Jesus brings it back to what he's been talking about. But you... You tried to change the subject on me? Uh Uh-uh. Didn't work. (coughs) But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all of Judea and Samaria and unto the ends of the earth. Folks, this is not a maybe statement. He said, you will receive. It is an ongoing gift so that we will have power to be Christ's witnesses. So, here comes the point. We've been talking about why the Holy Spirit's come. And I've been challenging each week. Will you yield and allow the Holy Spirit to fill you? Let me put it this way. Will you yield and let the Holy Spirit do what he wants? Come on. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for this time together in the Word. I thank you that for those who are home or on the campground or wherever they're at, on their boat maybe, that, Lord, they've stuck with it. Lord, that you would just touch us. Lord, we Christians, we need help. The church in America is not growing like it used to, coming out of COVID. And in some ways, it's a good thing because how the church was growing before COVID had gotten away from the point of the cross and repenting of our sins. Too many of us were just being made to feel good. But Lord, now that we've come out of COVID, people have said, what what in the world is going on? And so Lord, we need the Holy Spirit once again. Lord, we need to, we want to be that remnant that's going to be ready for when you come and rapture the church. But Lord, we don't want to just be sitting around twiddling our thumbs and saying, oh, it's so great. Pretty soon Jesus is going to come. No, we want, Lord, we want to be busy for you. And so we need your Holy Spirit. Because we need your strategy, Lord. We, we, we need you to bring us to people that we would never even think of talking to. And Lord, we got a list of 10 people or 10 families that so need Jesus. We need you, Holy Spirit, to open up their hearts and give us the right words to say. That's why we need you, Holy Spirit. We need the right words to say. And so, Lord, I pray for those who um, are watching in our virtual campus on YouTube and Facebook. 
I pray that you would fill them with your Holy Spirit, with evidence of speaking in other tongues. And Lord, don't let them be scary to them. <clears throat> but Lord, just fill them. Because Lord, to get closer to you and to be used by you, how marvelous that is. That you count us to be worthy to be used by you. So touch our friends on YouTube and Facebook. Fill them with your Holy Spirit. All you have to do is yield your life to Jesus and ask the Father, Father, fill me with your Holy Spirit. I want everything that you want me to have. <clears throat> and then just praise him. And let the Holy Spirit have his way. We just praise you, Lord. Fill us all. In Jesus' name. Amen. <coughs> I hope this message has encouraged you wherever you're at. Let the Holy Spirit have his way in your life. He truly, truly wants to use you. Let him touch your life. We will see you next time. Remember, New Life is located at 1021 South Center Street. <clears throat> What's better than watching on YouTube or Facebook is being here in, on, in our campus with us. That way you can sing and have fun with us. That way <coughs> you can see us embarrass Timey by singing Happy Birthday to her. Of course, you'll have to wait a whole year for that. And... Uh, just come and be part of something special here in Wapiton. New Life, again, is located at 1021 South Center Street. We have two services a week, 6 o'clock on Wednesdays, 10 o'clock on um, Sunday morning. And, of course, when the fall comes, we'll add Sunday school back in there in Awana. So you're going to want to bring yourself and your whole family and uh, come. So you know what? We really want to just love on you. So why don't you come? and be part of the family. God bless you for now. I, we will see you next time. <laughs>